The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey there, Colin. How you holding up? Oh, just dandy. Yeah, it's an interesting time of year for the Tigers now. It really isn't. <laughs> it's gotten to the point where we were talking about how the Tigers could still make a bowl, and now we're talking about how they're mathematically eligible to make a bowl. Who wants to see this team play an extra game? Yeah, I'd like to see them play any game for four quarters. <laughs> yeah, so we lost to Middle Tennessee, and now we have to face Kentucky, which looked like an obvious win early on, but now is uh, a big question mark. Especially since we've uh, lost Michael Shearer and uh, Terry Beckner to ACL injuries. Yeah, and as bad as that is for the guys who are suffering the injuries, from a team standpoint, I'm not that upset, I guess, because they're not that good with the guys, you know? So, like, how much worse are we going to be? I think think Shearer is just, he's a guy. He's nothing special. I think uh, Beckner Jr. is something special, but the scheme doesn't fit him. And um, truthfully, he has not been... You know, he has not really had the majority of the snaps on defense. So he hasn't played a bunch. And uh, like I said, I don't think the scheme fits him very well. So um, though I think he's wildly talented, he's uh, been poorly utilized. And he may be a five-star talent, but he's got a fucking two-star ACL because this is the second time. It's a, it's a different ACL. So uh, oh. one well, he's got two-star ACLs. Yeah, two two-star ACLs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sad for sure. I mean, I know, like you said, he's not the – he's not – Kentrell brothers by any means, but, uh, you know, he's a senior and all that jazz, so uh, blows for him. Yep. Oh, well. Well, so Kentucky's coming up. We're, uh, I mean, honestly, as bad as things are for us, I look at Kentucky's record and I look what they've done on defense, and I do think we can probably score a lot of points on them. I mean, we what's lost in last week's game is we put up 45 points and we blew several, we took several points off the board with stupid Jamon Moore mistakes. Yeah, my um, my real hope for this game is that uh, Kentucky's offense won't be nearly as good as Middle Tennessee's. <laughs> you know, it is a possibility. I, I don't. Tim Middle Tennessee may be one of those teams you yet to find out that is better than everyone realizes. I mean, we should certainly beat I don't know them. If they're better than everyone realizes, but or they just have a really good offense and a shit defense or a good scheme or whatever. But I think their offense is legitimately good. Hopefully, better than Kentucky's. Yeah, so I mean, a win is not out of the realm of possibilities, but it's not something I'm going to go to Vegas on. Yep. It's our midweek show, and as we do usually, we've got interviews lined up, and Blake Topmeyer from the Columbia Daily Tribune is going to talk to us a little bit about what he thinks about this Tiger squad and their uh, bad defense. One thing's interesting is uh, Barry Odom has said that he's going to take over, not take over, but he's going to be more involved with the defense and practice than he has been. That's something, I guess. Yeah. We'll see if it helps. And we have Jen Smith from the Lexington Herald Leader who's going to talk to us about this Kentucky team. So we'll find out about them. And then uh, we're going to talk to probably the best Kentucky expert one can find, a guy by the name of Colonel Harlan Sanders is joining us. Oh, wow. Yeah, what big, a get. <laughs> I know. Probably the biggest celebrity we've ever had on the show. Sure. Who doesn't know Colonel Sanders? And I can't imagine anybody who knows more about Kentucky than him. Sure. I can't wait for that. <laughs> Me either. Me either. 
So uh, stay tuned for all that fun jazz, and then uh, we'll come back and, and get this thing kicked off and ready for Saturday. All right. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bug's for you, Mizzou. And there he goes. How about number six? You don't get no better than that, man. This is the Mazzotcast. With us now from the Columbia Daily Tribune, Blake Topmeyer, the Mizzou football beat writer. Thanks for being on the show, Blake. Yeah, thanks for having me on. So I guess one question I have for you at this point in the season after a sort of humiliating loss to Middle Tennessee State at home and a 2-5 and five record is, is the most exciting news to come out each week now the uh, uniform reveal on Thursdays? <laughs> well, maybe for some fans. I myself uh, can't get myself too uh, hyped up over the, the uniform reveal. You know, these things are the uniforms. I think back, you know, before I was a sports writer, when I was just kind of a, a hardcore sports fan, I never cared about what uniforms my, my favorite teams were wearing. I don't know if this is something that, like, somehow just missed me and, like, everybody else was caring about it and I just didn't, or if this is just something that's happened, like, in the last seven years since, since I've been a sports writer that, that I've just totally missed out on. But that life experience missed me. Like, I, I never in my life have gotten excited by, by uniforms, so I, I guess I'm I'm out on that one. Yeah, I don't understand it either. I, although I'll say that when they do announce the uniforms, they seem to get traction with it. Like on social media, all the media outlets will retweet it and cover it like it's big news. Yeah, and fans want to know, like in the week leading up, like what uniforms are they going to be uh, going to be wearing this week? Yeah, like I said, I. I I, that, that one never hit me. Well, I guess let's move on to something maybe a little more substantive and talk about this Tiger defense. So it's obviously been a struggle for them this year, but now we have the news that Michael Shearer is done for, I guess, his career, and uh, Terry Beckner Jr. has torn another ACL and will likely be out for a long time, if not for the remainder of the season. What can we expect to see from this defense? What changes will take place to make up for those losses and to get them back on track? Well, yeah, I, I'm not sure if there is going to be any getting back on track, but uh, in, in terms of the changes, I, I'm curious to see that. You know, I, I, the first guy off the bench when Shear got hurt was was Brandon Lee, and, and I felt like uh, he, he kind of got a, a lion's share of the, the reps there after Shear's injury against Middle Tennessee, and and so I think now one of the questions is: Do, do you go with the the veteran guy? Joey Burkett, who had the, the five starts early in the season, but wasn't exactly setting the world on fire, or do you go with, uh, with Brandon Lee in that spot, um, you know, who's, who's kind of the future for you and, and is a sophomore? Uh, I mean, to me, you know, if, there, if there's not much talent gap or, or production gap, I, I would probably go with the younger guy at this point, you know, sitting two and five in the, in the season, you're kind of building toward the future. Anyway, and, and and then up front, uh, I think we'll see Markel Utsi a little bit more, but I also think they're probably going to ask the, the three remaining guys of that defensive tackle rotation to, to probably each play a, a few more snaps. But, you know, I mean, you really just can't replicate what Terry Beckner was giving him. I mean, despite not starting, um, which I, I'm still not entirely sure why that was the case, but, right. you know, despite not starting, he, he'd been their most productive defensive tackle. So, 
you take two guys that have been two of their best defensive players off of a defense that hadn't been very good in the first place, and, and you just wonder what the, the product that's going to be left is going to be like. Yeah, I, it's a big question mark, obviously. I mean, it's been all year long, and now there's just two of our biggest stars gone. It, it's hard to imagine how you have much success in the season, even though I guess mathematically we're still bowl eligible, but we're gone really from talking about a possible bowl bid to mathematical eligibility. I was going to ask you offensively, I feel like the, the offense sort of got lost in that loss last week where we did put up 45. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Points on Middle Tennessee and, you know, with the Jamon Moore fumble and a couple other mistakes, the offense produced against a middling Middle Tennessee State, but what do you expect to see from this offense against SEC opponents, even though not the top tier against Kentucky? Well, I, I think there can be some success there. I think what we've kind of found with this offense, and, and maybe through seven games, this is enough sample size to say, is that, is that you know, I don't think these guys are going to have great success against the, the better defenses in, in the league, but I do think this offense is, is good enough to... Um, to exploit some average or below average defenses. And, um, you know, frankly, I, I think Kentucky kind of belongs in that, that conversation. They, they rank in the bottom half of the, the league in, in total defense. And, um, you know, even last, last week when they beat Mississippi State, it was in a shootout, 40 38. So right. I think that's kind of what we're left with at, at this point is for Missouri to maybe need to, uh, to win a couple shootouts against mediocre competition because even though Barry Odom said after uh, the Middle Tennessee State game that his team's not in position, you know, doesn't have the talent or I can't remember exactly the words he used, but basically he doesn't want them trying to, to win a bunch of shootouts. He doesn't want them to have to win that way. I think the reality is that's the way this team's going to have to win if it's going to win games at, at this point because we just haven't seen anything from that, that defense that makes us believe that, that they can win a, a low-scoring slugfest and, and certainly not now with you know, losing Beckner and, and Shear. So 
Um, I, I do think there's there's probably some success to be had there uh, offensively, especially with the the traction that we've seen uh, Missouri's running game get the last couple weeks. Sure, yeah, Crockett's looked strong. Barry Odom mentioned on the defensive side that he might become more involved in practice. And do you have any idea what that might mean and what that means, I guess, for DeMonte Cross? You know, obviously the fans who are pretty reactionary, myself included, are pretty upset with the new scheme and, and the performance. But what does a more involved Barry Odom defense look like? Well, I don't think it's uh, probably the, a great endorsement for Devonny Cross. I, I made this point when I was uh, talking with, with uh, my colleague Joe Waljasper on, on our podcast the other day. It'd be like if Joe came to me and said, Blake, I'm going to become more involved in the Mizzou football beat, I would take that to mean, well, I must not be doing a very good job. So if Barry Odom is saying he's going to become more involved in, in the defense, I don't think it's a, a big leap to think, well, he must I think that uh, Monty Cross is getting the job done there. And, and, I mean, really the numbers don't lie. Um, There's been a huge regression, in fact, and um, I'll have more about this uh, in the paper this weekend, but Missouri has experienced the greatest regression in total defense of any school in the country this year. They're allowing 157 more yards per game this year as compared to their yards per game allowance last year. And and that 157, that is the greatest regression of, of any team in the country in terms of total defense. Now, granted, pace of play, there, there, there's more, you know, the, the pace of the offense of playing is lengthening games, so there naturally was going to be an increase, but this much increase was, was unexpected, and I do think we've probably undersold a little bit the, the meaning of what it was to lose Kittrell Brothers and a couple others, but still, they, they had seven starters back. I, I don't think anybody expected them to be the most regressed defense in, in the nation this year, and you know, in terms of what a Barry Odom defense is, is going to look like, or you know, whether you call this his defense now, I don't know. But um, I think Damani Cross actually gave us a couple of hints when he talked about on, on Tuesday. He said they're going to try to simplify things and they're going to try to be less exotic. Now, this isn't the first time he said they're going to try to simplify things, but I, I get the feeling that they're going to try to kind of dial this back even a little bit more because you lost one of your most cerebral players in Michael Shear and the guy who was making the calls. So without him and, and, you know, you take the talent away, it sounds like they're going to try to be more simple in, in their approach. And so at least everybody understands what they're supposed to be doing out there. So before I let you go, how do you think this thing will end up? It's going to be at home. It's uh, I expect a small crowd based on what we saw last week and then what the performance on the field was. But uh, how do you think the Tigers will perform? Do you have a prediction? Well, I, I'm... I think right now, I, I think uh, I would say Kentucky's going to win this. The thing that's uh, causing me is puzzling me is the fact that Vegas has, uh, as Missouri, favored and by several points the last time I looked, and, and that's just very strange to me. But the thing is, like every time I see a line in Vegas, it's like really, really strange. And so you think, well, this is easy money. You pick Kentucky and cash in. Not that I'm promoting gambling, but uh, <laughs> the opposite seems to be true. <laughs> so it's like Vegas knows something I don't, but. Uh, just using my own logic, I, I think I, I don't know that I I see Missouri winning this game because I think it could be a shootout. But when you look at Missouri's defense, as we've said, I mean a defense that was already struggling, and and then you take out two of the best players, I, I just have a hard time seeing them uh, being able to stop the run uh, of, of Kentucky. I mean Kentucky's got a good two-headed rushing attack, and you know I, I'm just not sure we've seen anything that that leads me to believe that that Missouri can stop it. All right, Blake Topmeyer from the Columbia Daily Tribune. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for having me on.
Joining us now, a absolute legend in the state of Kentucky, Colonel Harlan Sanders is here to join us to talk a little bit about the Kentucky Wildcats football program. Thanks for joining us, Colonel. Well, I say, I say, I thank you very much for having me. <laughs> Boy, I, uh, I'm, I have to say, it's a real honor to have you on the program. I have enjoyed your chicken for years. Oh boy, you better believe it. My chicken is a fine and dandy. Yeah, so uh, tell me, Colonel, I know you're a long-time Kentucky resident. What do you think about this football program? Oh, let me tell you what, boys, there's nothing I love better than Kentucky football. There are three things that the Colonel loves in this world. One of them is Kentucky football, one of them is chicken, and one of them is hardcore, barely legal pornography. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just stick to football for now, okay? Oh, baby, they're going to throw that ball all over the field like a biscuit dipped in gravy. Yeah. Mm-mm, delicious. <laughs> yeah, do they have a good offense, Kentucky? I'm not really sure. I just know that the football team is uh, is good all the way around, just like my special blend of spices <laughs> on my chicken. <laughs> yeah, your secret blend, as I, as I recall. Yes, it's a top secret. Uh-huh. Well, Colonel, what are your expectations for the game on Saturday? You think Kentucky can pull out a win? Absolutely. They'll pull out a win like you would pull out a beautiful drumstick out of a box of my chicken. The secret recipe. Well, let's stick to football, if you don't mind. I mean, I realize you have fantastic chicken. I know that you love chicken. but Chicken is delicious. Uh-huh. If, if you could... I'm going to regret asking this question. But if you could compare this Kentucky offense to anything, what would it be? I think it would be a delicious bowl of the, the Colonel's mashed potatoes and gravy. How They're so? delicious and warm and good any time. <laughs> they, they haven't been good every time this year. They've had some losses on the season, and, and you know, they, they seem to give up a lot of points, too. So I uh, Oh, don't be silly, son. Don't be silly. That offense plays better than, than just about anything in this whole world. Better better maybe even than my chicken. And, and the defense, why, it's prettier than a whore's ass. Pretty. Repeat that? It's prettier than a whore's ass, boy. Haven't you ever seen a whore's ass? <laughs> I wouldn't have... Sweat glistening on it. I wouldn't have expected you... you would... you've rolled off, sweaty, <laughs> and breathing heavily from the coitus you just had with a beautiful Nubian ebony goddess that cost you 25 hard-earned dollars from selling chicken. <laughs> this is very specific. It's like it's like you're talking for personal experience. Absolutely. <laughs> I've sold many a bucket of chicken. $25. That's not the part I was referring to. It's specific about the type of prostitute which you seem to frequent it. Oh, I thought we were here to talk about football, son. <laughs> yeah, that's, what we're, that's what we're here to talk about. I'll say, I'll say football time. Let's talk about football. <laughs> All right, let's talk about football. So, again, I, I think I asked what you thought the outcome of this football game would be. Oh, I believe Kentucky will win. Quite handily, quite handily. What about Kentucky makes you so confident? Well, we've got Kentucky Fried Chicken. What the fuck does Missouri have? Zaxby's? Give me a break. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Duck Dynasty fellas do take care of them guys. I mean, jeez, Louise, what a couple bunch of closet cases. (laughs) Colonel. I say, I say, closet cases. I realize that's competition, but let's keep it, let's keep it PG for the kids, you know? Well, I didn't even talk in graphic detail as to what I mean by closet case. The mail on mail penetration that must take place in that backwoods hunting shack of theirs. Yeah, well, I see. Again, that's, that's definitely what's going on now. We're talking about football, correct? The homosexual incestual relationship that these gentlemen obviously have, and Zaxby's, this so-called chicken restaurant, would associate themselves with them. I find it, I find it quite detestable. 
You seem. I mean, I realize that you love chicken, but everything you talk about seems to refer back to chicken. What brought about your love of chicken so much? I love football. Football's mm-hmm. great. I can't wait to watch the Kentucky Wildcats. I feel like play some football on Saturday. I feel like we're not tracking a hundred percent, Colonel. <laughs> I don't know what you mean, son. <laughs> Listen, I've got some chicken in the fryer. And I've got to get going. All right, Colonel Sanders, thank you for joining us and talking about Kentucky Wildcats football for what little bit you did. Well, anytime, son, anytime. All right. Finger looking good. You better believe it. I'm raving about Kentucky Fried Chicken. Kentucky Fried Chicken is the bestest tasting. Kentucky Fried Chicken has the tenderest flavor. Kentucky Fried Chicken is the just can't get enough because it's finger licking good. Tell him again, my dear. I'm raving about Kentucky Fried Chicken. That's some chicken. Joining us now from the Lexington Herald Leader, the beat reporter for the Kentucky Wildcats, Jen Smith. Thanks for being on the show. So I, I guess we don't know what to make of our Tiger squad this year, but we really don't know what to make of Kentucky either. So <laughs> one thing I've been curious about is we've been hearing for several years now, I guess at least the last few, that Kentucky's about ready to turn a corner and really compete in the East, if not win, but at least be competitive more so than, than historically. Now the team's sitting at four and three, but they're playing a two and five Missouri team on the road. What is this 2016 Wildcat team like, and what are your expectations for them? You, you say that they're a quandary, and they really have been this season. They they blew a really bad lead to uh, to a not so great Southern Miss team, to a 25 point lead to open the season after spending an entire off season talking about how they were going to learn to finish games and, and finish seasons strong. So that was sort of a disappointment out of the gate for them. And then, you know, they really struggled at Florida. They lost their quarterback, uh, Drew Barker. You know, they, they, they just, they had a lot of trouble early, but they seem to have figured some things out in the last couple of weeks. You know, they've won four of their last five. That one loss was at Alabama where they played pretty well considering they're still without their main quarterback and they've had to rely on a junior college kid who wasn't even on campus last season. And they sort of had to revamp their entire offense. But the offense wasn't the biggest problem at the beginning of the season. There was a lot of defensive issues. And, you know, Mark Stoops took over the defense much in the way that sounds like Coach Odom is trying to do at Missouri. And they've really gotten it turned around in the last five games. So, you know, it's sort of hard to know what we're going to see. And I always think Vegas knows something that I don't know. And they have Missouri as a much, you know, higher line. You know, they have them favored, which sort of surprised me given the, the trajectory of those two teams going into this game. It's uh, surprising us, too. Blake Topmeyer from the Columbia Daily Tribune mentioned just that very thing, and Missouri fans are scratching their heads on that line, too. We're just all <laughs> hoping that the Vegas guys know what they're talking about over here, but uh, I don't know what they're basing it on. And- you know, it could be intangibles. We talked. We were talking about that on something else that I was on a couple of days ago, but Kentucky is 1-14 in 14 under Mark Stoops in road games, in SEC road games. And I think that if you look at sort of intangibles like that or the fact that you know, Kentucky has historically struggled against, you know, Missouri or that they've never won at Missouri. I mean, I guess there are a lot of sort of behind the scenes things that you could look at. So, I mean, I, it's sort of hard to know, but definitely the, the fact that Kentucky barely ever wins on the road in the SEC can't help. Sure. Well, one of the reasons we're worried despite that intangible is that our defense has looked very bad this year. 
And it looks to get worse as we lost two of our best defenders, our most seasoned linebacker and Michael Shear, and our most highly touted recruit last year, Terry Beckner Jr., both had ACL injuries. And so an already shaky defense is looking to get worse or at least more questionable. What does this Kentucky offense look like, and what do you expect them to do against a pretty porous Missouri defense? You know, Kentucky's numbers don't sort of jump out at you as being, you know, a high-powered you know, spread it out offense, and they certainly haven't been since Steven Johnson took over uh, after after the New Mexico or in the middle of the New Mexico State game. Uh, but Kentucky has been really good at running the football. I mean, they've had uh, a combination of Boom Williams, JoJo Kemp, and then a freshman named Benny Snell, who I'm really interested to see against Missouri and and Crockett and see how that matchup goes. But uh, you know, the thing the thing about Kentucky is they've been able to consistently run the football. And they're winning close games. I mean, all of their SEC games, they're winning by a combined five points. But most of the time, they're winning those games by long, sustained drives in the fourth quarter. And, and most of them are just completely running plays. Sometimes they use Steven Johnson in sort of a, you know, he'll run the ball. But he's also had a, a propensity to fumble the ball lately. So there's that issue, too. But the Kentucky running backs have been just incredibly consistent. And I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to ride them to a win on Saturday. Missouri's offense, on the other hand, has been good at times, and then against the better defenses, they've disappeared. Missouri put up 45 points in a losing effort in an embarrassing homecoming against Middle Tennessee last week. And, you know, if I have any expectation that Missouri could win, it would have to be a shootout situation. I know Kentucky won a shootout against Mississippi State, what I think is the only win of an SEC East team over a West opponent this year. Do you think that Kentucky's defense can contain Drew Locke and the Tiger tempo offense? And if so, what is the plan to do that? Yeah, they've, they've actually been fairly decent uh, defensively in the last four or five games. I mean, they've, they've really seem to find their identity. They're an energetic group. You know, I, the, the thing that really strikes me about Missouri, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't seen nearly as much as you guys, but, you know, it, it's sort of a Big 12-esque, you know, offense where they're spreading it out and in the middle of the field is, is sort of prime ground. So I think that the middle linebackers who are brand new for Kentucky this season are going to have to really find themselves in this game. But the corners where, where Locke seems to be able to, to make, you know, make his money or make his yards or whatever you want to say, the, Kentucky's corners have been fairly consistent this year. They're, I think they're two sort of up-and-comers and, and Derek Beatty and Chris Westry. And then the safety position has really settled down, too, and it's led by a guy named Mike Edwards who's really been strong in the last three games. You know, coaches are saying he's the best player on the field you know, on either side of the ball. So, you know, it, it wouldn't surprise me to see Kentucky's defense sort of, you know, show itself in this game. They, they really – They've really improved. I mean, it's been so dramatic that even I've been surprised, and I've been covering this team for a long time. They've they've really shown something, but they've never been spread out quite like I think Missouri could spread them out. Sure, but that secondary being strong is a big factor against the Tigers. Uh, You mentioned that uh, it's sort of a Big 12 style. It's true. I think Josh Heupel, our offensive coordinator, sort of modeled this tempo offense off of Baylor. But our we have a trio of tight ends, and they haven't really seen a lot of action, not as much as you'd expect in this type of offense. So if if, uh, the main wide receivers can't get open, that could spell doom for Missouri. What are your expectations? What would you say as a prediction for this game before I let you go? You know, no one has asked me that this week. Um, <laughs> I never know going into these Missouri games, especially at Missouri. I've covered a couple of them now. And I would say I I think Vegas is wrong on this one. They were also wrong on the Mississippi State game last week with Kentucky, but it took a last-minute field goal to win it. Kentucky's feeling pretty good about itself, but I think it'll be a bigger challenge than they expect. So I'd say, like, maybe 
Well, that's a clean sweep for all our guests this week. On uh, nobody, nobody's predicting a Missouri win, and it's <laughs> it's it's just tough after you lose a, a mid-major conference homecoming game at home to uh, have a lot have a lot of confidence. It's it, definitely a question mark game. I mean, I you know I think the Vegas line is the thing that's throwing everybody off, and, and it's definitely. I mean, it, it's they're usually right, so it's sort of it's sort of shocking that it's that big, and it's, it only went up when the when the defenders went down for you guys. So I was sort of shocked by that. Yeah, everybody's scratching their heads. I guess we will find out on, <laughs> guess we'll find out on Saturday. Jen Smith, thanks for joining us. She writes for the Lexington Herald Leader and covers Kentucky sports. A blue moon of Kentucky, keep on a shining, shining, shine on the one that's gone and left me blue. Blue moon of Kentucky, keep on a shining. Well, there you have it, Colin. No matter who we talk to, no one seems to have confidence in this Missouri Tiger team. No, uh, I can't blame Blake for not having much confidence in our Tigers. I know I certainly don't. And good God, the Colonel uh, did not enlighten me one way or the other about anything. Except for me, chicken. Yeah. I really had trouble pinning him down on uh, anything football related. Slippery duck. Yeah. He is. And uh, I mean, he just, his interests uh, exceeded what I expected, both football and chicken. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That one, that's, that colonel, he's not what I expected. All in all, though, it is, it was a fine get for the Mazzotcast, I will say. Absolutely. I think he does represent your typical Kentucky football fan. So, I mean, from that standpoint, I think we got a, a window in, look into a Kentucky resident, Kentucky football fan, what we should expect if any of the fans are going to be around Tiger fans this weekend that gives them a, you know, representation of what they should expect. Certainly the Kentucky mindset, yeah. And I'll tell you, I've listened to a lot and I've watched a lot of uh, Missouri football programs over the course of the last week to sort of get a bead on what to expect, and nobody has the likes of Colonel Sanders on their show. No, no. Listen, we continue to uh, overachieve when it comes to guests, I might say. I agree. So uh, why don't I ask you before we head out uh, what your uh, prediction is for this week's game? I'm going to say, God damn, I'm going to say Mizzou 27, Kentucky 24. All right. So I think if Missouri is going to win this game, we're just going to have to flat out outscore them. I think, you know, we just can't stop anybody on defense. So I think we're going to have to put up like 38 to 31. Oh, I see. It's as good a guess as anybody's. Yes. It's at least as good as mine. Yeah. (laughs) Because mine is awful. Yes, indeed. Yeah, you've proven it over and over again. I think, uh, I guess we'll have to wrap it up. Maybe, uh, maybe Saturday we can get Barry on the show if he, if we pull out the win and he's not too, uh, too busy. No, one can hope. I, I'm very eager to hear what he thinks about the future of this team in 2016. So. Oh, yeah. All right. Till Saturday, I guess. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Z-O-U.